just seem to, to hit an insurmountable barrier uh, where we just don't know how to get over it, how to get around it, even how to get through it. It, it just is of such a nature that it just almost seems to change the course of our lives. I'm sure you've all had those times. Maybe it's been an, an unexpected job loss, or, or in my case, the death of my wife four years ago. Uh, it, it was something where it just, you know, was so, so hard. The emotion of it all, the grieving of it all, and yet that choice to say, you know, trust God. You're not going to understand why. And I remember asking God many times at night when I'd come home from the office and just say, God, why did you have to take her? I never got an answer. The response always had to be, you know, God, I trust you. I trust who you are. And I finally came to that point of realizing, yeah, as I trust God, I know that his will for my life did not end with Mary's death. He still has a plan for me, and I'm still going to trust him. And I'm not going to lean under my own understanding and try to figure this out. I'm, infin- I'm finite, but he's infinite in all these things. So we trust in his understanding, and in all our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I can tell you, I can look back and see the faithful hand of God, even in all the mysterious journey of life with him. Just last September, I had the joy of marrying a beautiful lady named Melinda, who also had experienced the grief of the loss of a spouse, her husband Bobby, about 10, 11 years ago. And uh, I guess it was 10, 11 years ago this summer. And uh, so we, we've journeyed some of this together, but we have maintained that ability to trust God even in the darkness, trust Him even when we can't see what in the world He's doing. And so trust, huge, huge value in God's redemptive economy. But then there was another verse that came to my mind that really is uh, one that has shaped my ministry. And that is found in John chapter 1, verse 14. And if you have your Bibles or maybe you have a Bible app on your phones this morning and want to just look at this verse, uh, it, John starts out his book with about 18 verses of introduction, all with the purpose of establishing the, the purpose of why he wrote the book, which we find in John 20, 31. It's there that he said that these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and that believing, trusting, putting your faith in him, you may have life in his name. That's what John wanted people to know, that life was in Christ. And so in his introduction, he speaks about the word becoming flesh. In verse 14, and it dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, And here's the words I want us to grab onto this morning. Full of faith, or rather, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Now, I want to just have a a moment to look at these verses, these words. Grace, maybe we've all heard various definitions of grace. Uh, Maybe we've heard the term unmerited favor. We deserve nothing from God. In our sinfulness, we deserve nothing but judgment. But in his grace, he brought us a free salvation that we receive by faith. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. It was all by grace. God's unmerited favor, his unearned favor. We did nothing. He did it all. And he gives it to us freely, not because we deserve it or have earned it. Some of us maybe have heard of that little acrostic grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh, That's a a wonderful definition as well. Uh, We have been made rich. We who were poor in sin 
now through forgiveness have been clothed in the very righteousness of Christ. That's how we're dressed positionally now before God the Father. And we who were poor have been made rich because Jesus was willing to leave his heaven and come to this earth and become poor for us. Uh, What a wonderful story of God's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. But I'd like to give you a definition this morning that's a little bit maybe grace in street clothes. Uh, take this one and, and think about it for a moment. Grace really is touching lives and leaving them better than we found them. That's what God did for us. He looked down at our need. He knew exactly what we needed. We needed salvation. We needed redemption. We needed our sins forgiven. We needed to be cleansed. We needed to be clothed in His righteousness. God looked at our need and He came down in a physical sense and touched our lives and left them better than he found them. You look at that throughout the Gospels, and you see that over and over and over again, where Jesus encounters people, and he's always touching them. Whatever their need was, he'd look and he'd say to the lame man, rise, take up your bed and walk. He would say to the blind man, here's your sight. He would even raise the dead. Whatever the need was, Jesus showed that he had the grace to meet that need. He wanted to touch lives and leave them better than he found them. But notice it also says grace and truth. You know, grace is one of those things that if we are just gracious gracious people, if we live grace, I guarantee you people will love us. Grace is a wonderful attribute. And when you think of the various things that God is, grace is one of them. We see it personified as he came to this world. And there are some attributes of God that are uniquely his For instance, all the omni-words that you've probably heard about over the years. Omnipotence, omnipresent, uh, you know, whatever some of these other ones are that talk about the fact that he is everywhere, all the time, and he is all-knowing, and he's all-loving, and there's all these various things that he is, and he is alone in perfection. But there are things that he has transferred to us because we've been made in his image according to his likeness. There are things that he wanted us to have that show God as we live in this world. And one of those is the area of grace. So we can have grace in our lives. We can live grace even as God did. We can touch lives and leave them better than we found them. That's one of the wonderful things I love about Love Chapel Hill is that is at the core, the grace of God shining through from your lives, touching lives and leaving them better than they found them. So grace is a wonderful attribute. But if all we do is grace, we will be very, very popular. But God also says grace and truth. Now, when you think about all the various ways that we can be gracious, we can leave people feeling really good about us and really feeling good about themselves. Their needs are being met, and they've got a wonderful relationship with you. And that horizontal one that grace establishes is a wonderful thing to do. It can feel good in community. But there is that need for the vertical one as well. And for us to be able to connect to God, or for anyone to connect to God, we need that aspect of truth. You know, Jesus, when he spoke in John chapter 8, he talked about the fact to his disciples, he said, as you follow me, you will get my teachings, and my teachings will set you free. You will know the truth, of my teachings, and that will set you free. Jesus was all about truth. 
In fact, he said in John 14, 6, Any old man gets to the Father but through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is very, very important as well. It's those timeless imperatives that never change. And we need to know truth. This morning I was ironing a shirt. I don't know how good it looks in light of the light here and how good a job I did. You'll have to be the judge. But I was working on this shirt, and little Sam came up, and he was playing around by the ironing board and standing on a bed and kind of looking at everything. And I said, Sam, hey, you never want to touch this metal plate here. It's hot. Oh, hot. Yeah, you'll burn yourself. You know, and, and so there's that truth we know that hot iron burns, fire burns. Little kids need to learn that at an early age. That, uh, hey, you don't want to touch a hot stove. You don't want to touch anything hot. It burns and creates an owie that really, really can pain you. Well, we understand those kinds of things. We understand in the physical world the many truths that we need to know and we need to heed. Uh, we know, for instance, gravity causes, th- causes things to fall. And whenever we were small kids, we sometimes maybe try to defy that, jumping up on top of a, climbing up on top of a, of a house roof and seeing whether we could fly. Uh, whether we used kites on our arms to try to slow us down, like some of us did in my neighborhood, and found that that didn't work. I mean, we learn early that there's just some things you can't defy that are physical truths. They're timeless. They never change. Well, it's also important for us to know spiritual truth. And Jesus came not only full of grace, touching lives and leaving them better than they found them in the physical sense and meeting needs and material needs, but also in the spiritual sense. Jesus brought truth. And he said the truth will set you free. You know, we're bound in sin. We know that from the time we're small. That sin nature gravitates towards sin action. And uh, many people in our world today uh, have bought into a lot of different belief systems, whether it's atheism or agnosticism, which really seem to be growing in our country now, uh, or whether or not it's false religions, whether it's Islam, whether it's Hinduism, whatever it may be that's out there. Jesus came and he said, my truth sets you free. It doesn't leave you in bondage. It doesn't do any of that stuff. In fact, Christianity, some of you may have read things by C.S. Lewis, just a great, great writer. But a bunch of his colleagues were sitting and discussing the world religions. And as they were, they were saying, you know, what is it that makes Christianity unique? And as they were discussing that among themselves, C.S. Lewis walked in and and quickly assessed what was going on. He said, what's the question? And they said, what makes Christianity unique? And he very quickly said, oh, that's simple, grace. Christianity is that wonderful way to God that comes not through works and not through our own efforts, It comes by the free grace of God. And Jesus wants people to know that. And so he shares with them his truth. He he, he shares with the fact that we are sinners by nature, that we are lost and separated from God. The only way back is through him and the accomplished work that he did on the cross, validated by his resurrection. So grace without truth will make you very, very popular. But truth without grace can be very polarizing. When you think about separating the two, you really have some problems. There was a young man in my church back in Newton, Iowa, where I was pastoring for some years, who came to faith in Christ as a, as a teenager. He was a junior in high school, and he just became zealous. 
I mean, he, he, he was all about saving his family and everybody that he could think of. And he was full of zeal, and he was just beating them over the head with his Bible of truth. And unfortunately, all he did was basically begin to polarize his family. He needed to understand that grace and truth mixed together is what Jesus wants us to emulate. That's how Jesus himself came into this world, grace and truth. So we want to be people like that. When you think of your own life, you think of the Christian life, when you think about what all various things we read in the scriptures, I really feel it can be boiled down to this in terms of how we live in this world as believers. It boils down to emulating Christ who came into this world full of grace and truth. That we are people who live in our world and we are like Christ who, have, who become selfless and sacrificial in the way that we live. We reach out in grace and touch people's lives and leave them better than we found them. But we also interact with them in the area of God's truth which sets people free. They both need to be there. They are like two sides of the same coin. And if that's how we choose to live our lives, we're going to be incredibly effective as we live in this world. Because it also says this of Christ. Of all the things that he was full of, John 1.14 says that he was full of grace and truth. That word full is an interesting word. It, it kind of has a word picture of taking a sponge that's dry and sticking it into a bucket of water. And you let that sponge just absorb all the water that it possibly can. And when you pick the sponge up, water just gushes forth from it because it has been totally saturated with water, full of water. You know, that's what Jesus was. He was full of these two characteristics, grace and truth. And it's what marked his whole life as he lived on this world. That's what we are to be. And when you think of all the various things that flow from our lives, we as believers ought to have these two things flowing from us like water from that sponge, grace and truth. So here we are, people living in our world, often asking ourselves the questions, God, how do I make an impact on my neighbor? How do I make an impact on the person that I'm working with in the office? How do I make an impact on my family that, that really doesn't believe in you? And they can boil down to what Christ did. He came full of grace and truth. That's a great, great person to emulate. Uh, it's a great way to follow in his footsteps. Grace and truth. Let's pray. Now, Father, we are so incredibly grateful for what you have done to show us grace and to reveal truth. Lord, we want to live like Christ lived. We see in the Old Testament all the various aspects of the law. But even there in John 1.17, it, it says Moses came with the law, but Jesus came full of grace and truth. How grateful we are to know your grace, to experience your truth, to have a relationship with you that has, has come from uh, those core aspects that Christ lived. And Lord, we want to be people who emulate that. As we are believers in Jesus Christ, let our lives really manifest grace and truth. That we can speak the truth in love, not beating people up in it, but Lord, as we live grace, to be able to speak the truth in love and open up hearts and minds to what you want them to hear. 
Father, help us continue on that track. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.